And welcome back to the Prospect League Podcast. This is your host, Ryan. First off, I would like to say that uh, I've been gone for the past couple of weeks due to some personal problems. And with that, I would like to say, uh, if you know anybody who is dealing with depression, anxiety, or panic attacks, or anything like that, uh, there are resources out there that can help you. Uh, Get some help. Help them get some help. Because it's not worth living through those things when you could be much happier. So I just wanted to say that. With that, we will go over our batting and pitching leaders for the year. Our league has wrapped up. We had our championships the other night. And we'll go over all of that here in this episode. So for our batting leaders, this is for the year. In average, we have Ben Newberg from Johnstown. He had 397. Denver Blinn from West Virginia had 379. Jake Skrine from Quincy had 367. Trey Smith of Chillicothe had 358. And Nick Terrell from Springfield had 356. I think Nick was our last uh, podcast slugger of the week. For hits, we had Ben Ross with the Kings for 80. Alex Ludwig of Chillicothe was 78. Nick Terrell from Springfield was 74. Keenan Taylor for Danville had 66, and Matt Shark of Quincy had 65. Now, Nick Terrell, I don't believe him him being in the leaderboards like all year until like the last two or three weeks, and he really turned on his game. RBIs with Matt Shark with Quincy at 68. Now, this is a new Prospect League record. The old record sat at 66, and I know that Matt Shark was tied at 66 for what seemed like three or four days, and he finally broke through that and got 68. So congratulations to Matt Shark there. Jackson Jones from Burlington had 51. Keenan Taylor from Danville had 49. Lucas Galdoni from the Kings had 48. Kent Razor from Chillicothe had 47. Now with home runs, Jackson Jones from Burlington had 18. And I know 20 was the record, and we talked about that. However, he fell just a little short. I think he went a week and a half without hitting a home run. He had hit like five or six home runs in one week. And it seemed like he was really going to break that record, but just fell a little bit short. So maybe next time we can get that, bud. Matt Shark from Quincy had 16. Damon Castillo from the Shrimp had 13. Alexander Brunson from Rex had 13. And Lucas Galdoni from the Kings had 12. And we'll move to our pitching. ERA, Ryan Miller from Clinton had 2.06. Ryan Ironman from the Shrimp had 2.12. And I'd like to mention that Ryan actually pitched 20 more innings than Ryan Miller, the first place leader there. So it's kind of, eh, you know what I mean? Adam Stilts from Alton had 2.94. Jake Miller from the Kings had 3.00. And Gage Voorhees from the Kings had 3.74. In wins, we had Adam Stilt with Alton with 8. And Ryan Ironman with the Shrimp with 8. Now, 8 is tied for the record uh, for the Prospect League. And I believe there's like a whole handful of guys who have 8. It seems like 8 is a, a popular number for the end of the year. Noah Berkey from Cape had seven. Mason Palmier from O'Fallon had six. And there's 11 players tied with five wins, so I'm not going to mention those. Now for strikeouts, we had Ryan Ironman from the Shrimp had 109. That's a new Prospect League record. The old record was at eight. I know Ryan had texted me and was like, hey, I'm going to have them put me in so I can break that record. And as soon as he broke that record, he texted me. He's like, hey, I got it. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, that's awesome. Uh, we had been talking about that for like the last like couple weeks or so, ever since he was on the podcast. I've been in contact with him, talking about the record and whatnot. And he didn't even know about the record until I had mentioned it to him. 
he'd kind of thought about it, but wasn't sure. And so, yeah, he broke the record for 109 strikeouts, which is amazing. Jake Miller from the Kings had 71. Ryan Miller from Clinton had 71. Dane, <laughs> this is a hard name, guys. Dane Armbrustmacher from the Paints had 63. And Mark Edinburgh from Johnstown had 62. And I apologize that, Dane. Uh, your name's is really hard for me to pronounce. And now we can go over the uh, final division leaders and records. So this is the accumulated records throughout the whole year, not just the first half or the second half. In the East, Ohio River Valley Division, Chillicothe led that 36-24. to Champion City Kings 28-30. to Johnstown Mill Rats 24 to 34 and West Virginia Miners 23 to 36. In the East, Wabash River Division, Lafayette Aviators had 41 to 18. They had a really great record. Danville Dance 36 to 22, Illinois Valley Pistol Shrimps 24 to 36 and Rex 20 to 40. In the West River Division, Normal Cornbelters 31 to 29, Clinton Lumber Kings 29 to 31. Burlington Bees 28 to 32 and Quincy Gems 27 to 32. In the West Prairie Lane Division, Cape Catfish 38 to 22, O'Fallon Hoots 33 to 27, Springfield Sliders 30 to 30 and Alton River Dragon 27 to 32. Now Cape really turned it on that second half. The first half Cape was not doing very well at all. Uh, that second half uh, they turned something on and really did a great job. The best record in the Prospect League seems to be Lafayette with 41-18, and 18, and the worst record would go to the Rex with 20-40. and 40. Now we can go over the Prospect League playoffs. Now the Eastern Conference Ohio River Division Championship game that happened on August 5th, and it was Chillicothe beat Champion City Kings 9-10, and that was at Carlton Davidson Stadium. The Eastern Conference Wabash River Division Championship game was Danville versus Lafayette. Danville was two, Lafayette was four, and that was at Loeb Stadium. The Western Conference Great River Division Championship game, Clinton four, Normal Corn Belters three, and that was at the Corn Crib. Western Conference Prairie Land Division Championship game, Cape Catfish ten and O'Fallon was two, and that was at Carshield Field there in O'Fallon. East Conference Championship game was Saturday, August 7th. So the Kings were versus the Aviators. Aviators beat them 15 to 5, and that was at Loeb Stadium. The West Conference was Clinton versus Cape, and Cape won 7 to 3, and that was at Kappa Hall Field here in Cape Girardeau. Next is the Prospect League Championship Series. This is a best of three games. Game one was Monday, August 9th, and that was the Lafayette Aviators at Cape Girardeau. Lafayette won 5 to 2. Game two was Wednesday, August the 11th. Cape Catfish had to win this game, and they won it. 10 to 3, and that was at uh, Lafayette. Now, game three was Thursday, August 12th, and the winner of this game would obviously win. Cape Catfish won 10 to 8 in the 10th inning, and we will actually go over that. There's a great article on the website, and uh, I will read that for you here. Jacob Wise does a great job wrapping up the games, uh, it's something I'm not that great at. And uh, I just would like to thank him for writing this article. The Cape Catfish erased two deficits Thursday night at the Wet Loeb Stadium in Game 3 of the Prospect League Championship Series, winning the league's 2021 title by a score of 10-8 in 10 innings. Now, I'd like to notice, or note that this is the longest game of the year. It went four hours and, I believe, one minute. 
Jason Newman started the scoring early with a three-run home run in the bottom of the first, giving the Aviators its lead of the night. Lafayette took advantage of Cape Error in the bottom of the fifth that allowed Reed Chumley the score, making a 4-0. Cape got on the board in the top of the sixth inning. Giovanni Del Negro singled with one out, moving to second on a single by Ellison Hanna after pitching change. DJ Hayes singled, scoring Del Negro. An error by Lafayette's first baseman toward the end of the play allowed Hanna to score, cutting the Aviators' lead 4-2. Poorman followed with the two-run home run, tying the game 4-4. The Catfish got runners the second and third with two outs in the inning, but Lafayette got out of the inning without further damage. Cape took its first lead in the top of the seventh. Curtis Washington Jr. singled, scoring on a single by Del Negro, who scored three batters later on the ground out by Poorman, making it a 6-4 for the Catfish. Lafayette bounced back with a big inning in the bottom of the seventh that was started by a double from Chumley. He advanced the third on the wild pitch, scoring on a double by Newman. Gary Laura followed by a triple, scoring Newman, and tying the game 6-6 after a walk and a ground out. Aubrey Major singled, scoring Laura, and Mike Snyder putting the Aviators back 8-6. The Catfish tied the game in the top of the eighth with two outs. Washington Jr. tripled and scored on a pass ball. Hannah then doubled, scoring Dal Negro, who walked earlier in the inning, tying the game 8-8. With the game still tied 8-8 in the 10th inning, the Catfish got a one-out base runner in the form of a walk to Hanna. He advanced the second when Josh Carraway was hit by a pitch. Then both runners advanced the second and third on a double steal. Hanna scored on the single by Poorman, and Carraway scored on a wild pitch, making it 10-8 for Cape, the eventual final. Corey Bunzelmeyer earned the win for Cape in relief, pitching the final four innings and allowing one run over four hits, striking out two and walking two. Catfish starting pitcher Colton Weber allowed four runs on four hits over four and two-third innings, walking four and striking out five. Mason Galing also pitched one in a third inning, surrendering three runs on three hits and striking out one. Lafayette reliever Jason Newman, who drove in four runs for the game, took the loss, allowing three runs on three hits, walking three and striking out five over the final two and a third innings. Aviator starter Jorge Oliga allowed just two runs on four hits over five and a third innings, walking four and striking out ten. Hayes Sturtzman pitched two and a third of an inning. Hayes Sturtzman pitched two-thirds of an inning, allowing two runs on two hits, striking out one and walking one. Trajan Meza had allowed three runs on three hits, walking one and striking out four over one and two-thirds inning. This is Cape's first Prospect League championship, taking home the title in just their second season. Cape nearly won it all in their first season, losing the game three in the Prospect League Championship Series in 2019 versus Chillicothe. The Catfish are the sixth different team to win a Prospect League Championship since the league began in its current form in 2009, and they were the fifth different winner in the last five seasons. So congratulations to the Cape Catfish. A very uh, hard-fought season. You've really turned your season around that second half and uh, eventually won that championship. So congratulations to the Cape Catfish there of Cape Girardeau, Missouri. I would like to thank a couple of people. First off, Jacob Wise. You know him as being the play-by-play man for Chillicothe. However, he does an incredible amount of behind-the-scenes technical work for the Prospect League, and without him helping me, I would have been completely lost this season. I was new to the league, and Jacob helped guide me every step of the way, and I appreciate it very much. He does not get enough recognition for what he does for the league, and I'm pretty sure he probably wouldn't want that recognition knowing him. Um, He has a new uh, baby and uh, he's been very busy with that for the past couple of weeks. And uh, congratulations to that, of course. But, uh, Jacob, you helped me out a ton, man, and I really do appreciate it. Next is Lisa Bastian, our deputy commissioner. Uh, she also does a ton of behind-the-scenes work for the league, as well as being the in-between guy anytime I had any problems contacting anybody in the league, or if I had problems in general. 
Uh, I've not personally met her. However, she's been so kind and caring to me and my situations throughout the season, and I very much appreciate her kindness and understanding. And uh, I, 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 I dearly appreciate it. Thank you, Lisa. And lastly is uh, Mr. Dennis Bastian. He's the commissioner of the Prospect League. Uh, this man is an incredibly hardworking, dedicated believer in the Prospect League, and without him, I would not have the job in baseball that I have. It's a lifelong dream of mine to have worked in baseball in some capacity, no matter what it was. And uh, this out-of-the-blue opportunity has been something I will never forget, and I thank him for letting me do this. It has been a lifelong dream of mine that has been uh, accomplished. And uh, Mr. Bastian, I appreciate it wholeheartedly, allowing me to do this. Um, I am completely new to podcasting. I just so happen to have the equipment. Um, and you know, I know I'm not, I'm not very good at this. I know that guys, uh, but I try my hardest and Mr. Bastion, I guess, believes in me and, and I, I wholeheartedly appreciate that. So this is not the last podcast of the year. It sounds like it, but it's not, uh, we will continue to bring updates and hopefully I will do the, um, Prospect League alumni. We still got interviews planned, so stick around to the next episode, guys. Of course, we'll try to have that out next Monday, as we usually do. Get back on schedule. So, with that, we'll see you at the ballpark next year. Thanks for listening. <laughs>